Iowa everywhere. What's going on? Welcome to Locks of the Week here on Iowa Everywhere. Of course, we are presented now by our friends at Circa Sports Iowa. Hey, just a heads up to listen to the podcast version of this. Mike Palm, odds maker, professional handicapper from Circa, is going to join me on the podcast version where he is going to give his opinion on my locks. It's going to be really cool. We'll see this every week from now on here via Iowa Everywhere. Shout out to our friends at Circa Sports. All right, let's get after it. Record on the year, 10-5-1. We went 1-2 last week. That was our only losing week of the year. We're not going to bow down. We're coming back with four solid plays this week. And let's start here in the state of Iowa with Illinois and Iowa. Listen, here's the situation with Illinois. They have the nation's leading rusher. They are not, under Brett Bielema, going to force a bunch of garbage downfield like Rutgers did. I don't see Iowa getting two defensive touchdowns that could play into the over here. Illinois has got one of the top defensive linemen in college football. He hits the quarterback as much as anybody. Newton's his name. Meanwhile, what can we really expect from Iowa's offense? Brett Bielema knows this. Brett Bielema knows Iowa as much as anybody. I don't think Iowa's offense, there was a little bit of a burst, I think, at the end of that Michigan game, but I'm pretty sure that had more to do with the fact that Michigan was up by 20 points and whatnot, and it was desperation time for Iowa. Here's the real kicker for me. The under is 9-1 for Illinois in their last 10 games against a team with a winning record. What does that say? Brett Bielema knows that he wants to take the air out of the football when he doesn't have as much talent as the other team. I think Iowa plays into that. I think that it helps Illinois as the favorite to keep this thing low scoring, and we all know how Iowa plays. Therefore, give me the under, 36.5, locking up the under for Iowa and Illinois. Really like that one a lot. Let's go to the ACC for my next two plays. Duke is on the road at Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech, we're looking at a team where Jeff Collins gets fired, Right, and they go on the road, shock everybody. Is a three-score underdog last week against Pitt. Meanwhile, Duke is four and one on the air. Not a ton of great wins, but their four and one is impressive. They're beating teams pretty handily. The one loss being at Kansas just a few weeks ago. Duke's quarterback Riley Leonard completing 72% of his passes on the air. They're averaging 35 points per game. Here's the big kicker for me. I like Duke's defense a lot. You're looking at Georgia Tech, who should take a step back this week. We often see teams peak after they fire their coach. We definitely saw that last week on the road at Pitt. They take a step back. Georgia Tech, what's that number? 6-18 and 18 against the spread in their last 24 games. Duke shuts down a one-dimensional Georgia Tech team and ends those dreams, whatever the Yellow Jackets may have dreamt up last week in Pitt. Duke, I like this one by 14. Give me the Blue Devils. We'll lock them up at three and a half. We're going to the opposite of Duke here. Pitt last week. Where in the hell did that game come from? Anyway, nobody saw that coming. Now they have a bounce-back opportunity against a bad Virginia Tech team. They're really bad. The Hokies have been held to 10 points in back-to-back blowouts with West Virginia and North Carolina. Meanwhile, we've seen Pitt play well this year. This is a good bounce-back spot, good quarterback. You know 
that they have been hammered all week after that Georgia Tech loss. A real eye-opener. Pitt bounces back. I love this play. 14.5. 7-1 against the number in their last eight in this series. Give me Pitt minus 14.5. If this thing gets below two touchdowns, you guys hammer it. But I'll take it at 14.5 against a bad Virginia Tech team. Lock that one up. All right. One of the things I like to do each and every year is find a team that I kind of cling on to one of the smaller conferences, maybe doesn't get bet on nearly as much. That's what we're doing this year with UTSA. Conference USA, a big one with Western Kentucky coming to town. The Roadrunners are, um, listen, when I watch them, and it's just by the eye test, they look like a Power 5 team to me. Washington went, we locked them up last week at Middle Tennessee on a Friday night. Very aggressive on defense. Here's the thing I like about this Western Kentucky matchup. They, they're have a new quarterback this year. His name is Austin Reed, a D2 guy. He's replacing Bailey Zappi, who made his NFL debut last week. I think UTSA coming back home to the Dome, feeling really good. This looks like another 10-win team for the Roadrunners. I think they get after the, the, the quarterback hard. This is under a touchdown. I think UTSA at this point in the season, from what we've seen, anything under a touchdown, you pound them as a favorite in Conference USA. I think they're the class of the field. We're going to hammer them at minus 6.5 over Western Kentucky. Lock it up. There you go. There's the four locks. I am considering a couple other games here, and I I don't like the fact that these are both favorites. I'm on too many favorites this week, but I'm going to throw these out. Uh, for consideration anyways. Probably the least confident for me is Nebraska against Rutgers. I just wonder about Rutgers. They just, you know, they they have such a hard time scoring the football. And meanwhile, you look at a Nebraska program that clearly has more talent than the record would indicate. Did the week off and then Mickey Joseph getting a shot. Again, they just beat Indiana. We don't want to overreact. But... Where is Indiana compared to... It feels like Nebraska has a little bit of momentum if you watch that game. I wouldn't hammer this one, but I'm considering playing this one as a standalone game on Friday night. I would definitely side Nebraska. TCU at Kansas. Now, this is a game where... And I, I was highly emotional after the Iowa State game last week, but I said, whatever the line is, TCU, you play it blindly against Kansas. Came a little higher than I thought. Uh, the odds makers really, like me, are a big fan of this TCU team. Kansas, watching Kansas and the way that they beat Iowa State actually made me less impressed with the Jayhawks. Um, so I, I, I would really consider it. Now, you're not going to find this six out there in very many spots. I got it on Circa late Wednesday night. I think it's already moved to a seven. So shop around on that line. Our friends at Circa would tell you to do the same thing. Uh, above seven, I don't think I would play it. But, again, like Kansas just didn't really impress me. I don't think their defense is that good. Really, really tempted to play TCU at minus six there. I didn't uh, because I don't like screwing around with Cinderella and, and all that good stuff. All right, guys, there you go. You have my picks for the week, and now let's bring in an, an actual expert instead of you just listen. This is going to be new that we're going to do every week from now on. I'm looking forward to this. where, uh, And hopefully we can use it as an educational segment for all of you. And selfishly, I like to learn 
uh, thing or two as well. From Mike Palm uh, from Circus Sports. Mike, how's life in the desert today, my friend? It's another beautiful day in Las Vegas and looking forward to a weekend full of football. Plus, Major League Baseball playoffs. Awesome time of the year. Yeah, and you get uh, your Notre Dame Fighting Irish are in town too, right? Yeah, I'm going to the game at Legion Stadium, a 4.30 local time kickoff uh, against BYU. Um, Brent Musburger got a couple tickets from uh, from Notre Dame, and uh, he's invited me to join him for the game. So looking forward to that Saturday as well, although I think uh, the wrong team might be favored. I think uh, the Irish might be in for a long afternoon. Okay. Yeah, well, that'll be fun to, to get that game there uh, in Las Vegas. All right. Um, here are my picks for the week. I, I'm starting off locally here with Iowa and Illinois. Uh, I'm taking the under, Mike, at 36 and a half. This thing is steamed down just a little bit. My my quick analysis on this is that Brett Bielema knows Kirk Ferentz very well. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a situation like the Rutgers game where you have a inexperienced quarterback, a backup, trying to throw it downfield. Uh, I think Bielema uses the Big Ten's leading rusher, sucks the air out of the football. The under for Illinois is 9-1 and one in their last 10 games against teams with a winning record. That tells me that Bielema really likes to, again, suck the air out of the football when he doesn't know if he has more talent than the other team. Iowa, pretty obvious why you like to play an under with them. I just I like the way that Illinois is set up to go toe-to-toe with the Hawkeyes, and I don't think... Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz get a little bit too squirrely. What do you think about the under at 36 and a half? Well, it's hard to argue with any Iowa under, uh, Chris. They're giving up uh, 10 points a game. Illinois has only given up eight and a half points a game so far. We saw in Madison last week on the road, the Illinois defense stymie the Badger running game. Ultimately, Paul Chris loses his job. But I mean, Wisconsin's made a name for itself and a lot of big 10 championship game appearances and Rose bowls over the year running the football. And they couldn't do it last week against Illinois. If Iowa can't run the football, then it gets, it gets pretty ugly because you're going to have to rely on, uh, on Spencer features. And we know what that can do. I, I like Illinois in this spot and I like your under as well. Uh, I think Iowa has a tough time getting to 13 here hmm. uh, in this game. And your point about Bielema is very great. And, and Bielema has success against parents when he was with Wisconsin too. Remember, they came into Iowa City a couple times and won, and won those games. So uh, uh, I think uh, the home team in the under to play here. Okay, makes me feel better about that one. I want to go to the ACC for a couple of games. And listen, good win for Georgia Tech last week at Pitt. It was after they fired Jeff Collins. It feels like, and you can maybe back me up if there's any statistics, but we often see some of these bad teams bounce a little bit the week after their head coach gets fired. They were really a shocking win last week at Pitt. I kind of like this Duke team, though, and they're 4-1 they're and one on the year. Quarterback is completing 72% of his passes. Duke averaging 35 points per game. And it just feels like a kind of a comeback to reality for Georgia Tech for me this week. Georgia Tech six and eighteen against the number in their last twenty-four games. Um, again, it just it feels like they come back to reality. And I like I like Duke's defense as a defensive-minded coach to shut down a largely one-dimensional Georgia Tech offense. What do you think of Duke at three and a half? You know, it's it's funny because you know that game got steamed in favor of Pittsburgh last week. We opened at 17, it got to 23, and then Georgia Tech wins the game outright. Uh, if they don't, let's just say Pitt wins by two scores. Isn't this number a touchdown? I agree with you here. 
Duke hasn't gotten a lot of respect at the window this year. I, I made a critical mistake in week two. I misread the number. When Duke was at Northwestern, Northwestern was a 10-point favorite. I thought it was Duke was a 10-point favorite. Wow. I didn't touch the game. So I would have bet Duke on the money line. Yeah. Uh, you know, we took a couple sharp plays on Virginia against Duke last week. Duke had control of that, that game from, from the outset, and it was never a sweat for the book here. I like your play here. I think this is way too short at three and a half. All right. I'm two for two right now. Uh, we're matching up mm-hmm. with the, the great Mike Palm. Stay in the ACC. This one I, I'm probably not as confident about, but I, I, I guess I'm more of a Pitt fan than 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 I thought. Um, I was really stunned by that game last week by for a lot of different reasons. They are hosting Virginia Tech this week. You guys had it. It was at 14 and a half. I think Circa it's up to 15 and a half was the last that last that I saw. I just don't think Virginia Tech is very good. Uh, they've been held to 10 points in their last two games. Blowouts thanks to West Virginia and North Carolina. I don't think West Virginia is very good. This feels like a bounce-back spot. Pat Narduzzi can just hammer his team all week. Pitt is um, Pitt's really dominated this series for the last decade. I'm playing this strictly off of a bounce-back versus a, a, a bad team at 14.5. What do you think about Pitt? It's not my kind of a play. Uh, although you could never get me to take Virginia Tech. Look, they only scored 10 points against West Virginia at home. Texas scored a touchdown just about every possession the first three quarters against Virginia Tech, against West Virginia. They only scored 10 against UNC. Notre Dame has no quarterback, and they put up over 40 against UNC. So Virginia Tech is really challenged offensively. I think the quarterback is way overrated. And so I wouldn't play on them. I just I don't like that number at three scores. Mm. Um but but I understand your reasoning here after an embarrassing home loss as a as a three touchdown favorite. Pitt lost at home also Tennessee. Are they gonna really lose three three games at home? I, I doubt it. But uh for me, it would be a pass, and I'll cheer for you. Okay, and then my last one, I like to just pick a team, Mike, uh, and I don't I don't plan on doing this, but usually a team catches my eye, and I like to stick with them and, um, and, and really watch them closely from a smaller conference. UTSA has kind of been that team for me this year. Listen, I I really love watching them play. They When you watch them, they look like a Power 5 team, okay, and – they have Western Kentucky coming in, a really big game in Conference USA. UTSA is coming off of that standalone game where they covered last week against Middle Tennessee. They're a really, really aggressive defense. They blitz a lot. Western Kentucky has this Austin Reed, a D2 transfer quarterback, who's taken over for Zappi, who played in the NFL last week, right? And I I don't know. I, I just feel like anything under a touchdown right now in Conference USA for UTSA at home – I'm probably going to lay the points. Right now, this game is at six and a half. It could steam up. I'm going to keep rolling with UTSA, a team that's been really good to me thus far. You know, and they and they lose at Texas, UTSA, in a game that if the, the ball bounces differently, uh, is a much closer game. It was a close game in the first half. I, I was ultra impressed getting to watch that game since it was the standalone. We had a Middle Tennessee State team coming off a win in Miami. And UTSA just dominated that game, controlled the line of scrimmage. They were able to run the ball. They were able to, you know, methodically drive down the field. And in in the Conference USA, if a drive lasts over two and a half minutes, it's a long drive because of the style of play. They had six-minute, seven-minute drives, ran the clock out at the end of the game. I'm with you here. I think under a touchdown is a pretty cheap price. I'll I'll go three for your four here. All right, I'll take that. I will absolutely uh, (laughs) – 
I will take that. I've had a good year so far. I'm ten and five and one. Uh, but last year was last week was my first losing week on the year. So um, I'm excited to see if these could fall. The the last one I, I I'm not I'm not picking this game, but I thought it was really interesting. So I'm an Iowa State guy. I know Iowa State very well. I came away from the game last week, Mike, very unimpressed by Kansas at five and zero. I just I felt like Iowa State played like garbage last week and still had a chance to win that game at the end. And I told myself, I said, Chris, when when the line comes out, you're taking TCU blindly. And, um, it, you know, it comes out. And I, I actually did get it with you guys last night at 6. Now I see it's at 7 today. Um, I'm not great. It just it feels weird betting against Kansas at this point. They kind of feel like a bit of a – team of destiny in that sense but I don't know just just watching them and I watched their Duke game again and like you know Duke was driving in the last minute to win that football game what do you have a do you have a feel on Kansas and or yeah Kansas and TCU I think Sonny Dice has a pretty good football team I played him myself the last two weeks uh, against SMU I laid two and then took the points uh, last week and they just trounced Oklahoma they scored at will should be a high scoring game I would think Kansas really, to your point, sputtered against Iowa State in the second half and gave Matt Campbell and crew so many chances to win that game, and they just refused to do it. Um, I don't want to lay the seven, and I generally don't like to play a team three weeks in a row, so I'll yeah. pass on the game. Interesting, they get game day. They're 5-0. and They're ranked. The last time they were 5-0, and they lost their last seven games. So yeah. could this be a turning point game for Kansas? We'll see. Fun atmosphere with game day. I'm surprised, Chris, you didn't parlay the, the the local teams under. I like this Iowa State game under 45 at Jack Trice against Kansas State here. Yeah. Uh, I think this is another... I, I thought that number was too high. I made the number 42 and a half. Mm. Um, look, they don't score quickly. Either team really scores quickly here. Kansas State tends to play more unders than you think. They're really like 56% against the odds to the under in, in conference games over the last um, three years, and I think on that long grass at Jack Trice Stadium, I think this game stays under the total, too. Uh, I would agree with that. I had the game, I think, 21-20 uh, as a final. Yeah. And I, I just put Iowa State with injuries at running back right now. Their offense really, really stunk last week in Lawrence, mm-hmm. and John Haycock's rush defense. That's the one thing I think Iowa State has a shot at, Mike, is that Haycock's really good against one-dimensional offenses, and Kansas State has not really shown much of an ability to pass the football. They haven't really needed to thus far. So I, I would be with you on that as well. Mike, thanks so much. Enjoy watching your Irish uh, this weekend in Las Vegas, and we will talk to you next week and listen to you and Ken on Tuesday, okay? All right, thanks, Chris. Have a great weekend. All right, thank you, sir. That is Mike Palm from Circa Sports in Las Vegas. Look at that. I'm three for four. With the locks this week, baby. I absolutely love it. It is interesting, too, because that pit line was, if if, if I was going to be less favorite about any of them, it would be that one. All right. uh, Three for four with Mike Palm. Appreciate his time here uh, with my locks of the week. Hope you guys are having fun with this. I hope that Mike and I can teach you a thing along the way. Please rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff with the podcast. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Miller and Williams coming up tomorrow here on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa Everywhere.